Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the season premiere of the Blind Tag Podcast. Number four. Just like the horseman. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Kyle Nashheim. Today is going to be a great day, and it's not a great day. And you know what? You just need to will it into existence. <sighs> um, I know it's been about a month, month and a half, give or take. can't remember when the last episode dropped. Uh, I think it was in the beginning of July or the end of June. Um, but I want to thank everyone for uh, the support, you know, during the break because it was definitely needed. Um, not not because I was tired of making content or I was tired of doing this or that. It's just um, July marked one year since dad and grandma passed and I knew trying to make content in a emotional state when I'm not really 100% in it would definitely be the wrong thing to do it would be disrespectful to a lot of people um but with that being said um, of course, the one, the, you know, the celebration we were going to do, we were going to go down to the Holder Beach Pier, and we are going to, um, honor them and stuff like that, and of course, with anything in our lives, man makes plans, God says, ha <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so, let, let, let me tell you this brief, brief little story, um, so... I had a kill three birds with one stone idea. So my idea was on Wednesday, the 20th, uh, July 20th, I was going to go home to Almance County, spend a couple days with the family. Mom was off for the next four days, so I was going to spend as much time with them as possible because, you know, they've been bugging me to come back ever since uh, February, but, you know, work. Um, and then Saturday morning, we were going to drive down to Holder Beach, do the thing at the pier, and then I was going to go visit a lifelong friend, Stacy, and her, uh, her family, uh, and her boyfriend, and I was going to probably, like, stay, you know, stay Saturday night and leave Sunday mor- uh, Sunday afternoon. So, that was the plan. Man makes plans. God laughs. So, Friday, we're getting everything um, figured out as far as who's going because of, um, well, I'm just going to say family issues that I'm keeping within the family because that's what you do. Um, and once we got everything figured out, I was like, okay, well, we need to get Biscuitville on the way home, uh, on the way down there, because it won't be open on, when, for y'all on the way back. And I gotta have my Biscuitville every time I go to home. I gotta have my Biscuitville, my Zach's hot dogs. I had Zach's hot dogs on Friday night. I was getting my Biscuitville on Saturday. Um, then, so I look up the the pier, getting directions, and then want to go. Okay. Where are the Biscovilles on this road? 
So, next thing you know, I'm, I'm looking this up and I'm going, wait, closed? The, the pier was closed. Um, apparently it had been bought by the city of Holden Beach and uh, they needed to repair it. Otherwise, it was going to go blah So, best laid plans of mice and men. Um, so I didn't, so we didn't get to go to the pier, uh, as we wanted to, but, so I, so came up with plan B. Plan B was to stay an extra day home, leave Sunday morning, go to Carolina Beach, spend a few hours with them, and then come home, uh, come home Sunday night. That's, that, 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 and that's what happened, and it definitely, uh. It was, it was definitely fun. I uh, had a good time. Uh, it was it was definitely needed. And, you know, but, you know, now it's back to the grind. And, you know, also want to get some content done. Um, I had some interviews scheduled for a topic, but I never really... You know, I had people confirm, but then they, you know, I, I say, all right, hey, you know, just let me know, and then get message back. But hey, everyone has lives. It's okay. It's all good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not. It's okay. Cool. Um, but I did get one interview done, so that is going to be next week, and it's going to be on a very, very, very controversial topic uh depending on who um what side you're on so there was an open invitation and i'll I'll discuss this more in the intro next week but this week uh who in the hell is going to what conference ncaa realignment has really really ramped up again and we can blame Oklahoma and Texas for it for last year announcing their moving to the SEC it snowballed into everything so I took it upon myself to decide you know based on um, and I'll you know I'll talk about this more later but basically what conference won realignment and I had to change because um, other factors but see what what conference won realignment in five major sports, and and based on that, who won it overall, based on per, the performances of the teams in the last five years. But I'll I'll, I'll decide I'll discuss it a little bit more later on. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, first you got to know who's going where, and we'll be right back. All right, before we go back to this episode of the Blind Tag Podcast, I want to give a quick shout-out to Mark July for their song, Powerful Rock, Next Generation. This is a song being used for this season's intro. You can download this and other royalty-free songs to use on your podcast at pixabay.com. That is P-I-X-A-B-A-Y.com for all your royalty-free music needs.
Alright, so this past July 1st, the latest round of realignment in the NCAA occurred. And I wanted to break this down into two ways. First, I want to say what each what's happened in each conference. Now, some of these moves will happen this year. Some will happen uh, next year or the following year. Um, I will kind of lay that out as well. But another thing I wanted to do is I wanted to see what conference won. And spoiler alert. I'm just going to say that you can probably figure out what conference won, but here's how I did it. I took the top five sports that houses the majority of these teams that I'm talking about. And that is football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, and softball. Now, for football, you know, and what I did is I took a team's record over the previous five complete seasons. So with baseball, 2022, 21, 2019, the 2018 season to the year. With college football, I omitted the 2020, uh, yeah. I omitted the 2020 season. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, why? That might skew some of the data. Well, some of the programs maybe only played three games. Or in some of the cases of the Division II or FCS programs didn't play at all. So I wanted to try to put everyone on an equal footing when it comes to records. And then I took their wins divided by total of games they played and I and determined what were the top teams overall in the uh, most successful teams over the last five season and the least successful teams over the last five seasons that are moving conferences. Now in um, some sports where ties do happen, oh, uh, ties do happen, a tie was basically a half a game. It's when figuring out the winning percentage, if someone is two, two, and one, so they've played five games, their winning percentage is 500 because that tie is considered a half a win because it's also half a loss. So, excuse me, we're going to break this down, each sport, and then what I did was with each um, sport, I figured out based on conferences, what conferences, you know, is it, are they having a net gain or a net loss when it comes to a successful team? 
some of these conferences are only gaining teams, whereas some of these conferences are only losing teams. So that's going to skew things in one direction or another. That's why I'm putting more weight on a program success over a conference success. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, let's look at this is on a uh, ESPN article. It was last updated on June 24th, 2022. Really not going to be any more. Uh, if any more changes happen, it's going to be effective 2023-2024. Alright, so the America East Conference is first up. They will be losing Hartford as they will be applying for reclassification with the move expected to be completed in 2025. Hartford made the NCAA, and this was an announcement was made after they made the NCAA tournament for the first time in 2021. So they lose one, they will be gaining a couple more members and they will be uh, I'm sorry they will be losing Stony Brook uh, Stony Brook although a member of the CAA football will be leaving America East to bring all of its teams to the CAA but they were replacing those two members with Bryant, a member of the Northeast Conference, and they will be, and they have officially joined for this upcoming season. So, the American Conference, obviously, losing Cincinnati, Houston, and UFC, UFC, UCF, those will occur next season. And they will be gaining six members, Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and Texas, San Antonio. The new additions will be coming in at approximately the same time as the three teams are leaving. Alright, next up. The Atlantic Sun... Jacksonville State and Liberty will be ending short stints with the conference when they move to Conference USA next season. And but they will be replacing those two teams with Austin P in and moving up from Division II Queens University of Charlotte. Uh Queens was looked at by other conferences, but they decided to go with the Atlantic Sun. The Atlantic 10, really, they only had one move. But it was a big one, and it was basketball related. The Atlantic 10 invited and was accepted an invitation to Loyola Chicago. Sister Jean is now going to be in the same conference with George Mason and VCU, the biggest Final Four busters of the last two decades are now all in the same conference. And then of course you got Davidson, Richmond, Dayton, 
UMass. I mean, the Atlantic 10 is basically now the one of the top uh, non-Power 7 conferences. The Big Sky also only had one move as Southern Utah announced it will be leaving to join the WAC with the move happening this season. The Big South uh, definitely is on the losing end as they were targeted by the Colonial Athletic Association as Hampton and then North Carolina A&T were poached by the CAA. Queens was a target of the Big South, but it did not happen. So the Big South not gaining any members and losing to although not two of the stalwarts of that conference. Hampton had only been there for like four or five years. A&T, this was their first season in the uh, Big South after it being a member of the MEAC. Then, of course, obviously the Big 12, the major one. Oklahoma and Texas set everything across the motion. They're going to the SEC looking like um, summer of 2025. It could be earlier. Uh, gaining Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU. Um, they will be, all, th- all four schools will be joining the Big 12 in 2023 with the AAC schools negotiating a buyout. Here we go. CAA. Obviously the big loss for the CAA was losing James Madison, one of the best FCS programs of the last 20 years. They will be joining the Sun Belt or they have joined the Sun Belt. Let's see. So in response, they added Hampton in North Carolina A&T, uh, Monmouth and Stony Brook. Now, Monmouth and Stony Brook were already football members of the CAA. So now they just moved all of their programs under one league. Conference USA, they just, they got reshaped. Uh, The new Conference USA will look, let's see, the old Conference USA was Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, UTEP, I'm sorry, no, not UTEP. Uh, Actually, yeah, UTEP, excuse me, and where, where are they at? Western Kentucky, UAB, Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, Marshall, North Texas, Old Dominion, Rice, Southern Miss, and UTSA. So that last nine schools I mentioned are either going to the Sun Belt or the American. They are being replaced with Jacksonville State, Liberty, Sam Houston, and New Mexico State. Um... Definitely, Conference USA is the biggest loser, just on face value. I ha- we haven't even gotten to the numbers yet. 
but on face value, the biggest losers and the uh, biggest turnover in conference membership. Moving horizontally, they do not sponsor football. Uh, Illinois-Chicago is leaving for the Missouri Valley. But, hold on. That was it. That was it. The only thing was a loss of Illinois Chicago. Uh, they were looking at Division One newbies, Southern Illinois, and possibly conference shopping Chicago State, but it didn't happen. In the MAC with two A's, um, Monmouth announced it was departing for the CAA, but they replaced them with Mount St. Mary's. So they were still at 11 members. Um, the MEAC in certain sports are very close to not being able to sponsor or have automatic bids. Um, defections of Bethune-Cookman in Florida AM to the SWAC, Hampton in North Carolina AMT to the Big South, and Savannah State going back to Division Two is really hampered the league so right now just in uh, they have eight teams this past season they only had four in their baseball so you have to have six and I believe it's a two or three year window so if they don't get two more members within the next two seasons Miak um, baseball will be a thing of the past and all four of those schools will have to go conference shopping as an affiliate all right missouri valley conference obviously losing loyola chicago is a big big blow but they were placing them with belmont and Murray State and Illinois Chicago um, they're looking at possibly trying to bring in Kansas City from the Missouri Valley Conference but you know not sure if that will happen yet we'll, we'll see it on further updates so now you have Belmont Murray State Northern Iowa. I mean, that's that's a, that's a oh, that's a threesome right there in uh, one of the top mid-major conferences. Obviously, the N uh, NEC lost two members in Bryant and Mount St. Mary's, but they are bringing up Stonehill College. From Division Two, the Skyhawks beginning their transition this season. Ohio Valley losing three programs with Austin P going to the Atlantic Sun, Belmont and Murray State going to uh, Missouri Valley, and it lost Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State in a previous round of realignment. Now. Here is the with those three P Belmont Murray State, 
they were being replaced with Little Rock, who is leaving the Sun Belt. I think because they were tr trying to focus purely on having all their conference teams play football. It wasn't a, we're kicking you out. It was more of a, we see where the writing on the wall is. Let us do our own thing. So it was amicable. And moving two schools up from Division Two, Southern Indiana and Linden, Lindenwood University. Uh, they're also looking at potential targets uh, from like Western Illinois, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and three current Division II schools, Hillside, Grand Valley State, and Lincoln Memorial. We'll see what happens with those. Obviously, SEC gets Oklahoma and Texas. Um, the Southland Conference. Incarnate Word. Oh. Wait. This is an in, this is an interesting one. I gotta look at this real quick. Oh, so I'm gonna have to change my stats. So it looked like Incarnate Word was going to leave. Let me get back down to here. That Incarnate Word was going to leave for the WAC, but they opted to remain in the Southland Conference. The conference preempted the move that wasn't by extending the invitation to Division II Texas A&M Commerce. Lamar also announced after one season in the WAC, they're coming back. But the schedule return is next season. So the WAC loses a team in realignment talks. The Sun Belt, mainly a buyer in this wave. They did lose Little Rock and UT Arlington because they do not play football. They are largely characterized as being in the mutual interest of both the universities and the Sun Belt. And Conference US, uh, we gained Marshall, Old Dominion, Southern Miss, and James Madison. West Coast Conference, uh, losing BYU, which only came to the conference after its football team went independent. It's joining the Big 12 Conference, so the rest of the schools are going. And now, on to the WAC. Let's see. Chicago State is departing. Uh, they had like a short-term agreement and decided not to renew it. They were brought in thinking that they were going to be part of a Midwest division of the WAC. And like literally within one or two years, they were the only team left. Uh, they will be getting Southern Utah and UT Arlington. But Incarnate World will not be joining them. And conferences that did not have any membership changes. ACC, Big East, Big Ten, Big West, Ivy, MAC, Mountain West, Pac-12, Patriot, Southern Conference, SWAC, and Summit League. So, that is what the changes in the landscape is. But, based on past success what teams 
made the right move and what teams didn't and what comp based on past success what conference won the realignment we'll be right back Alright, welcome back, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. I did not think there was any chance in hell that there was going to be any more realignment talk. Everything had settled down. The conferences would be settled as of 2024, 2025, with the last moves being Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC after the Big 12's grant of rights contract was expired, unless a buyout was reached. Well, hmm, yeah, I was wrong. We're just gonna, we're just gonna say that. And if I'm wrong again, don't worry, I will mention it in these segments, and if there's any changes, I will let you know. But, Basically, the Big Ten is getting USC and UCLA. I'm still trying to figure out why the hell is two teams from Los Angeles? Look, picture this. First week of October, fall is in the air. And you have a riveting Big Ten conference matchup as the UCLA Bruins travel to Rutgers. What? I mean, this is just... Like, I don't get it. I mean, I know. I know. It's 100% money-driven. Absolutely. But, of... (laughs) Now we don't know what's going to happen to the Pac-12. Well, now it's uh, it'll be the Pac-10 again. Um, are they going to go after teams like Boise State and San Diego State? Um, or are they going to be poached again by the Big Ten, by the SEC, by the ACC? I read an article that there was there was talk of a, like a alliance between the Pac-12 and ACC where they would like kind of unofficially merge and then basically the two best teams of each conference would play in a championship game I don't know that's that's insane but I have a feeling I'll I'll say more about this but let's move on to breaking down each of the five sports now I could sit here and tell you the five the five um, seasons that they're doing and go from best to worst. But I just want to do the top five and the bottom five. But let's start. I think we're going to start with the bottom first. And first and foremost, the worst team over the last five seasons that is moving is the Rice Owls. Their best season, now like I said, we're not doing 2020 because 
of the imbalancing of schedules. Some didn't play, some played like four games. Some of the uh, FCS schools only played three, you know, three, four games. So I took that season out. Um, Rice had four wins in 2021, their best season in five years. Uh, 213 winning percentage. New Mexico State will be joining the Conference USA. Uh, their last best season was a seven-win campaign prior to them being excommunicated from the Sun Belt. That was a 279 winning percentage. Lamar, they are moving from the WAC back to the Southland Conference. They had a good season in 2018 with seven wins, but that's been their best season with a winning percentage of 304. Southern Utah, they are leaving... The Big Sky Conference for the WAC. They had a nine-win campaign in 2017, but that is, it's been four wins over the last three full seasons, with a winning percentage of 351. And finally, the best of the worst, the Charlotte 49ers. They had a seven-win season in 2019, but their winning percentage is 361. So that's the, that's the bottom five. Now let's look at the top five. Just outside the top five is UCF. And this does include the undefeated season they had. But they missed out just by hair with Southern, I'm sorry, no, Sam Houston State. With a 774 winning percentage over 62 games. They had 11 wins last season. Fourth place is Division II school Texas A&M Commerce, who had a dip last season with uh, seven wins, but the four full seasons prior, they had 10-plus wins. They have a winning percentage over the last five of 803. Kennesaw State, going from the Big South to the Atlantic Sun, since 2017, they have had 11-plus wins each of the last four full seasons. Oklahoma with a winning percentage of 853, 11-12 win seasons, but they're number two. Number one, and even with a divot in 2018, James Madison, the Dukes, had three wins, three seasons of 14 wins with a winning percentage of 863. So what conference? So we're going to do this in in this way of the conferences where teams are only departing the big sky is losing it based on winning percentage alone the big sky is losing a little more because they're only losing one team but that team had a 547 winning percentage pac 12 losing two teams usc's success and ucla's non-success kind of balance each other out Amongst teams that are swapping and getting uh, teams to and from, the American is is losing the most. They're only gaining, replacing Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF with teams with a combined 466 winning percentage. Conference USA is bringing in more uh, winningest teams 
um, replacing the six that they had that they have. So they have a 119 difference. Obviously, of the teams that are only adding members from five to one, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, the Big Ten, the Southland, Sunbelt is number two, and then the SEC because of Oklahoma's success. So that's where football stands. But what about men's basketball? I mean, that's got to be a little different, right? Well, let's take a look at it in just a second. Alright, so let's move on to the men, the realm of men's basketball. And you could probably figure out if you have been following the realignment over the last year who the worst team over the last five seasons was. Now, I did include the 2020-21 season because it, even though it was shorter than typical seasons. Everyone still had an opportunity to start and whatnot. So, yeah, Chicago State. Over the last five seasons, they've played 134 games and have won 17. They are going to be an independent because nobody wants them. Um, I have a feeling that after a couple years of being an independent, they're going to go down to Division Two. I have a feeling about that. But, who else is in the bottom five? Well, tied for fourth would be Little Rock coming out of the Sun Belt moving to the Ohio Valley Conference and Charlotte moving to the American. Uh, both have a Five-year five average of 392. Southern Miss, a team that's going to be joining the Sun Belt. In the first two seasons of this five-year period, they had 36 wins. They haven't had a double-digit win, winning season since, which lowers their average to 385. And then moving up to the Atlantic Sun, Queens University of Charlotte. They've only won 35 games out of the last 103. But, who are the best teams? Now, outside of the top five, Loyola Chicago. And this does include their final four run. But they barely miss it out by... Losing two more games than the number five team. Playing the same amount of, of total games over that five-year period. Liberty is number five. They had a 30-win season in 2019-2020. Yeah, 2019-2020. And the 29-win season before that with a winning percentage of 750. Fourth place is Murray State. They have had 23-plus wins in the four of the last five seasons. They had a down year in the 2020-21 season. 
but that was more of a blip on the radar than anything else. New Mexico State was one of the winners of the original realignment in 2010 because it allowed them to dominate the Western Athletic Conference for a decade. In the last five seasons, they have won 122 games with a winning percentage of 792. They will be moving to Conference USA. Belmont. They will be moving from the Ohio Valley to the Missouri Valley Conference. Over the last five seasons, 128 wins out of 161, winning percentage of 795. And the best team, based on winning percentage, the Houston Cougars moving to the Big 12 with a winning percentage over the last five seasons of 827. Which... Begs the, begs the question, how are the conferences? So, once again, I will do, divide it up into three ones, conferences that just lost teams, conferences that gained teams, and then both. Alright? So, conferences that just lost teams... Uh, the West Coast Conference will be the biggest loser, losing BYU to the Pac-12. BYU's uh, five-year average was 689 in a winning percentage. Pac-12, Big Sky, the Horizon League, and the Big South losing Hampton and North Carolina A&T to the Colonial Athletic Association. But now of the conferences that gained members and lost member, the conference in the worst shape winning percentage wise would be the Atlantic Sun. I mean, make sure I'm telling you this correctly as to who they will be losing and who they will be gaining. Some of these changes happen this season, some in future seasons. All right, the Atlantic Sun is losing, is gaining Austin P. and Queens from the South Atlantic Conference in Division Two, but they are losing Jacksonville State Liberty. Yeah, that's that's who they're losing. So, and Liberty has been pretty good. Queens is not. So that's where. The Atlantic Sun is going to have to rebuild its identity. The American Ohio Valley East, uh, American East, the MAC with two A's, and Missouri Valley Conference all are losing better teams record-wise than gaining. The rest of the conferences in this group, the WAC, Sun Belt. The Colonial Athletic, Big 12, Conference USA, and the Northeast Conference are gaining winning. Uh, their programs have a better combined winning percentage than t teams that are departing. For example, the Northeast Conference is literally a one-in-one -one trade. They are losing Bryant. Actually... I apologize. It is a 
two for one trade. The uh, they were losing Bryant and Mount St. Mary's, but they are gaining. I can find the team. No, I'm sorry. They're gaining Bryant. They're losing Hartford and Mount St. Mary's. Nope. Okay. I was right the first time. Mount St. Mary's and Bryant. And they are gaining Stonehill from Division 2. Which basically is strange to say that it's actually based on winning percentages is actually a better deal, but that's that's where we're at. And then four conferences, the Southland Conference with a 540 winning percentage, SEC with Texas and Oklahoma, a 594, Big Ten with 670. But the biggest winner of this round of realignment in men's basketball is the Atlantic 10 just by adding Loyola Chicago. They are adding a team with a five-year winning percentage of 738. Sixth amongst all the schools moving conferences. So that is where things wrap up when it comes to men's basketball. But we all know women's basketball right now is being dominated by South Carolina, previously dominated by UConn, and before that, Tennessee. Um, How in the world is women's basketball going to be affected by this? Well... And we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, and now let's move on to women's basketball. As I said at the uh, end of the last little bit, talking about the men's basketball. Unlike the men's uh, men's basketball realm, the women's always seem to have a dominant team. Right now, it is South Carolina, just above UConn. UConn has dominated for years. Tennessee, North Carolina, even Louisiana Tech dominated the realm of women's college basketball at one point or another. But, what moves made in this realignment that starts has, has just started is going to be beneficial to their new conferences? Well, first and foremost, let's look at uh, the knots, and obviously we gotta start with number five Bryant. 
Bryant has only it's only had two double digit win seasons in the last five years, and those were ten and eleven wins. They have won 44 out of 133 games for a winning percentage of 331. Now, coming up from Division 2 is Queens University. Not faring too much better. In fact, their best season, they did not play in 2020. The 2020-2021 season was 13 wins in the 2016-2017 campaign. Their winning percentage is 288 of those last seasons. Texas San Antonio moving to the American. The, the, the these three teams I'm going to talk to have not had a double-digit winning season in the last five. I think I should have looked and figured out when they had their last double-digit season, but nah, I'm good. Uh, their best season was 2016-2017. They had nine <laughs> victories in the last five years. Uh, a winning percentage of 225. Illinois-Chicago, once again, their best season of the last five years was 2016-2017. They had eight victories, a winning percentage of 144. <laughs> and... Chicago State just can't get a break. And now they're going to go independent? Ooh, ooh. Um, honestly, if I'm Chicago State, I'm looking at possibly going down to Division Two. I'm just saying, because in the last five seasons, they have had eight victories. And half of them, came in the 2021-22 season for a winning percentage of 063. Uh, considering the fact that they're going independent now, I think the only victories they're going to get is in the beginning of the season or actually since it's independent they have no conference schedule whenever they play Division 2 teams and even that is questionable. But, let's flip on the other side. And because there is a three-way tie for third place, I will go one notch under, so I'll give you the top six. Number six, Southern Indiana moving up from Division Two. They have had three seasons of 20-plus victories for a winning percentage of 742. Tied for... Third, Stony Brook, Texas A&M Commerce from Division Two, and Central Florida. In fact, uh, let's go Central Florida first. They have had two seasons, three seasons of twenty plus wins, with twenty six wins in 2021-22 and 2018-2019. Texas A&M Commerce is coming off of a twenty seven win season. And they had a 28-win season in the COVID-shortened season of 2019-2020. And Stony Brook, they've done pretty well. Three seasons of 20-plus wins, 28 in the uh, COVID-shortened season. So, props to those guys. Stonehill, 
Another team from Division II moving up. They did not play in the 2020-21 season. So based on their four seasons, they have won 88 of 116 games. Their best in that range was the 2017-18, the 20, yeah, 27-2018 season. And that was 29 victories. They have a winning percentage of 759. And the best team in this realm, shockingly, but not shockingly, Belmont, winning 120 out of 152 games. They had 31 wins in the 2017-18 season, 26 the following season, 21 in the COVID-shortened season, and coming off a 23-win season. But how does that translate to the conferences? Well, first and foremost, let's look at uh, the conferences that are only losing teams. And the, the conference that really isn't losing much is the Horizon League. The Horizon League losing, I uh, believe they are losing UIC, Illinois, Chicago. Yes, they are. So they're only losing 14.5% of the conference winning percentage. Not that can be replaced. Uh, the worst West Coast Conference, they are losing BYU. BYU with a 719 winning percentage. So that's going to be hard to break. But that Gonzaga is still one of the top schools in that conference. The Pac-12 also going to be losing UCLA and USC. Big South. Uh, the conference that has gaining and losing teams that are going to be in the worst shape. The Atlantic Sun and the American America East Conference. Best shape? Strangely enough, the Northeast Conference and the Missouri Valley. Looking at and, and here's the craziest thing, okay? Chicago State will become an independent. Their five year winning uh, percentage is .063. The Big 12, based on the teams they're losing and the games they are teams they are gaining, they are only upping their overall winning streak as a conf- um, winning percentage as a conference by 0.26. So independent state. I'm independent state. Jesus. Chicago State going independent is actually a better net positive than the Big 12's moves. That is insane. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Anyway, the four conferences that are only getting teams, the Southland, actually out best way to put it out um, winning percentage the Big Ten and the SEC and the reason being 
Let's look at this real quickly. It, it's basically based on the teams that they are uh, gaining. Let's see, now the Southland Conference is gaining, if I can move this down real quick. They're gaining Lamar back from the Southland Conference, which Lamar, 708 winning percentage, not bad. And then, you're also gaining Texas A&M Commerce, which we talked about as one of the top six teams with the best winning percentage over the last five seasons. And you're losing. I, I think the only teams they're losing is, I don't think, no, they're not losing anybody. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Yeah, they're not losing anybody. But they're gaining in two teams that over the last five seasons have over 70% winning percentages. And you're thinking, well, how is that better than the Big Ten and the SEC? Okay. The Big Ten. UCLA, 7-10 winning percentage. USC, 538. Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC. Oklahoma, only a 490 winning percentage. Although, they did rebound in the 21-22 season with 25 victories. Texas, 730. So, Texas and UCOA is balanced out by Oklahoma and USC, whereas in the Southland Conference, both teams have very good winning percentages. And then the Atlantic 10, because they're only adding Loyola, Chicago. That doesn't mean much in women's, that it means more in men's basketball. And I'm not diminishing, I am not diminishing loyal Chicago women's basketball team just based on national profile they are more in line you know the men's team is more famous than the women's team so but I know we need to we need to move on to spring how's the baseball and softball teams going to um how's it going to affect them and then based on based on all of that what conference won realignment and what conference is crying, crying, crying? We will be right back with how baseball is doing. Alright, welcome back. And now, baseball is upon us. Well, not literally, because in college we got to wait until um, February, which is a few months away. Like, half, at least half a year. But, but, we want to see what schools, once again, are, are going to bring much-needed value to their new conference and which conference is going to go. Ah, damn it. We only got you for your football team. 
Now, these following schools do not sponsor baseball. And this is the, you know, baseball and softball have some schools that don't sponsor it. Well, kind of a football as well. Chicago State, Hampton, Loyola Chicago, North Texas, Southern Utah, Texas A&M Commerce, and Texas San Antonio do not sponsor baseball. So, who was only brought on for their football or basketball programs? Well, number five, Alabama-Birmingham. They had their best season in the last five years uh, in 2022 with 31 victories, but wasn't enough to put them over the edge. They have a winning percentage of 444. Up next, Hartford. Now, Hartford is going to Division Three, So all, all their totals, they're doing the reverse. Um, in fact, they announced this after making the NCAA tournament in men's basketball for the first time. So, but yes, they have a 402 winning percentage. Yes, their best season of the last five years was 2018. But they will add value to whatever Division Three conference they are joining. I can't remember the conference off the top of my head. Teams that are still being in Division One. Next up will be Rice. Rice's best season was in 2019. Uh, 26 victories, but they have a 390 winning percentage. Uh, this one will be beneficial to Coastal Carolina as Marshall has not had a good baseball program. 2019 was their best season of the last five. 29 victories, 374 winning percentage, and Mount St. Mary's is the bottom feeder, 303 winning percentage, 61 wins over 201 games. But, and this, here is, here is basically why I had to wait a little bit to record the rest of the segments after the UCLA and USC news broke because this basically threw off my math with this with baseball and softball. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna be honest. But let's get to it. Number five, Liberty will bring its 637 winning percentage to conference USA coming off. They've had three seasons of 37-plus victories. They would have had four if it wasn't for the 2020 COVID season. Next up is Texas. They'll be bringing their 662 winning percentage to the Southeastern Conference. And Lord knows the SEC doesn't need another powerhouse in baseball. Dallas Baptist moving to Conference USA bringing their 669 percentage now here's the thing about dallas baptist they are grandfathered in which means um they are a division two or division three school i i don't have to look that up but you are allowed to have one sport uh, at this point 
you're allowed to have one sport in a Division One conference as long as your conference doesn't sponsor it. But it can only be one sport. So you got to pick your sport. And I believe that rule has been nullified, but those who are in were grandfathered in. So Dallas Baptist is the only team in Division One that doesn't play in a full-time Division One conference. But they're very good at baseball. So, even though we are happy to get Marshall in the in the uh, Sun Belt with their um, putrid winning percentage, we have to get take the good with the bad. And Southern Miss, with its 690 winning percentage, was the top team. Was the team that basically won baseball realignment. Until UCLA, with its two more victories in the same in the same number of games, decided they're going to the Big Ten, and that bumped them up to first. Southern Miss to second, but how's the conferences laying out? Well, obviously, the Pac-12 lost realignment as of this moment. All right. This is being recorded at the end of uh, July, so if when you know when this comes out, if there's more moves, then just I'll just throw my hands up in the air and go, "I'm never doing another episode like this again." Uh, West Coast Conference losing BYU, the Horizon League losing uh, UIC, and I believe that is the only team. Yeah, that's the only team they're losing. The Big South they're losing multiple teams um actually no they're only losing one team and that would be north carolina a and um sec obviously with uh texas and oklahoma won the realignment um the big 10 would have if it wasn't for the fact that usc has had a 489 winning percentage over the last five seasons now, looking at the teams, that uh, conferences that gained and lost teams, um, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference came out on the on the losing end. They're losing Monmouth, but they're gaining Mount St. Mary's, who's had the worst record over the last five seasons, based on all the teams that are moving. The best. Strangely enough, it is not the Sun Belt. They are second. It is the American uh, America East Conference. They are losing Hartford. But they are gaining Bryant, who has had a pretty decent um, run, um, winning percentage of 583. The difference there, it's a net gain of 10% of wins, whereas the sum though is a net gain of 8.7%. So, that's that's definitely where um, baseball goes. Hmm. But what about softball? 
And I will say this, the Big Ten move definitely rearranged some pieces a little bit. We'll be right back with not only the softball winners and losers, but the overall winners and losers right after this. Alright, so, like I said earlier, the Big Ten moves really blew up the baseball and softball, best and worst, but you, you'll see why in just a moment. Now, as with uh, baseball, some schools do not sponsor softball, and those schools include... Uh, USC, Rice, Queens, Old Dominion, Little Rock, Dallas Baptist, Cincinnati, and Chicago State. Well, Dallas Baptist, not sure whether they sponsor or not, but they, they are not in Division One for softball. But let's look at what schools, you know, didn't really win realignment in softball. And we're going to start with Texas San Antonio. Excuse me. Uh, their best season is in 2018 with 21 victories. But have kind of teetered out a little bit. Next up is Stonehill. Coming up from Division 2. They're coming off a 15-win season tied for the most wins in the last five seasons. Winning percentage of 318 over that time span. Bryant moving to America East, coming off their best season in five in their five last five seasons. 15 wins, but having seven wins combined in the shortened 2020 season and the 2021 season brings them down to a 280 winning percentage. A 20-win season in 2021 for Southern Utah couldn't save them from the bottom, as that was basically half of their win totals in the five in the last five seasons. A 240 winning percentage and last place. A team it's they're 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 trailing upwards. We'll see if the Big South. Um, I'm sorry, not the Big South, but the uh, Colonial. Helps them out a little bit. North Carolina A&T. They've had 24 wins in the last two seasons. But 44 in the last five. They win a percentage of 223. Let's go up to the top of the list. Central Florida once again finds itself in this list. 703 winning percentage. Coming off its best year of, of the of the five year period with forty nine victories, Texas A and M Commerce coming off its third forty win season in the last five years, uh, moving up to the Southland Conference. They will add some value to that conference. James Madison 
who had a surprising run, I believe it was the 2021 Women's College World Series, actually won their first game, but ended up getting eliminated, bringing their 754 winning percentage to the Sun Belt Conference. Here's where the change had to be made. They were number two. UCLA said, hold my beer. They were coming off a 51-win season. In fact, in the 2020 shortened season, they already had 25 victories. The most on this list. They were in. They were going to be a, a World Series champion contender that season. And they're bringing their 884 winning percentage to the Big Ten. Only could be topped by Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They... They only had 20 wins in the shortened season, but everything else, 56, 57, 57, and 59. They've won 90, almost 92% of their games in the last five seasons. So you can probably figure out what two conferences gained the most. And that's and you'd be right, the Big Ten and the SEC. Uh, the Pac-12 obviously lost, you know, biggest loser. Then the West Coast Conference, because of the fact they're losing BYU. Teams that are getting teams and losing teams. The biggest loser is the Colonial Athletic Association. And you're asking yourself, why? Why? When they're gaining four teams. Those four teams, which is North Carolina A&T. Monmouth, Hampton, and where's the other one? And Stony Brook have a combined 469 winning percentage. And that has to replace James Madison, who had the second best record before UCLA decided to go to Big Ten. Yeah. So, the four teams they brought in is basically 29, almost 29% less wins than James Madison. The best conference to win getting uh, conferences, you know, teams joining and leaving, the Sun Belt. They're losing uh, UT Arlington, since Little Rock does not sponsor a school, uh, sponsor softball. And they are getting Marshall, who has a 6-11 winning percentage, Southern Miss of 487, and James Madison. No, yeah, James Madison. So, Coastal's going to have a uphill battle if they want to compete in the conference now that James Madison calls it home. Alright, so where does that leave everyone? So, I ranked each conference in each sport uh, based on how many conferences. Let's say there was 21 conferences affected. The team... Actually, let's take softball. Because they actually... Yeah, softball was had all conferences affected. Yep. So, 
they're ranked best to worst based on the aggregate winning percentage. I took the winning percentage of the teams joining the conference, subtracting the winning percentage of the teams departing the conference, and that's the average. Now, since some conferences are only gaining, Big Ten, SEC, Southland, Atlantic 10, some conferences are only losing teams, Pac-12, West Coast, Horizon, Big South, Big Sky. I decided to average up their um, total. So, in softball, the best conference, you know, that had the best aggregate winning percentage change was the Big Ten and the SEC Southland, the Atlantic 10, number, and the last place being the Pac-12. So Big 10 got 21 points, SEC got 20. Football, the conference that won was the SEC. They get 16 points because only 16 conferences were affected. I put the Missouri Valley Football Conference in with the Missouri Valley Conference. Because even though they're, they're two separate conferences, they are run out of the same office. So, it's basically a different... But it the, a move that Wichita State's making will make it similarly to in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. But then, I was like, let's average them out. So that way, based on how many sports they got affected, who wins and who loses. Alright. Let's go. We have 21 conferences. Let's go. Let's go first. The bottom six. West Coast Conference with an average point total of 1.5. The Pac-12, 1.6. Big Sky of 3.5. Horizon of 4.25 the Big South of 4.4 and then a jump several spots Atlantic Sun with 7.4 so that is 21 through 16 15 through 11 the American Athletic Conference with 7.6 the Colonial Athletic Association with 8.4 America East with 9.75 um, the WAC 9.8 and the Big 12 with 10.2 next up we'll make sure I get this right tenth place is the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference with 10.5 ninth place the Ohio Valley Conference with 11.4 average the Missouri Valley Conference is in eighth, eighth place, excuse me, of 12.2. Seventh place is the Northeast Conference with 13. In sixth place is Conference USA. Surprisingly, based on the strength of their men's basketball um, programs and also softball, they're in the top, they were in the top five position there that is sixth place and then 
five for one. Sunbelt, 14.2. Southland, 17.8. The Big Ten, 18.4. The SEC, 18.6. And based on winning percentages over the last five seasons in each conference and on the strength of a couple good tournament runs, the team, the conference that won realignment, the Atlantic 10, <laughs> based on women, uh, let's see, out of uh, 21 conferences affected by baseball, uh, men's basketball, the Atlantic 10 had the best uh, record percentage. Women's basketball was in the top five. And softball was in the top five as well. So, yes. Now, obviously, the SEC and the Big Ten of, of teams that had affected by all five sports, they win. The SEC has the slight edge over the Big Ten. The only difference is, you know, there's their 1-2 or 2-3 or 3-2, the exception of football, the SEC programs that, that they are gaining is a lot better over the last five seasons than the teams the Big Ten are getting. It's just a fact. Um, South, so, yeah, Southland... Is on the strength of their women's ba- uh, women's conference, uh, women's basketball. So teams at the bottom that actually have a bright future: the Atlantic Sun in softball, the Atlantic uh, American Athletic Conference in baseball, the Colonial Athletic Association in basketball, and America East in baseball. That is who. That's who won. Now, just remember, anything can happen. Um, like I said, I will definitely make sure when this episode gets out that I will put when I recorded all this information, so I don't get the. Uh, I mean, conference uh, team A went to conference G four. I didn't know. I wasn't a mind reader. I, I took this break to kind of like reset and try to also do some uh, do some research on some non-topical, like non-like date-sensitive topics that, well, you know, blew up in my face. But it is what it is. Uh, but with that being said, we will be back next week. Um. We'll see what what we have going on. But for the Blind Tag Podcast, I am your host, Kyle Nashheim. I hope everyone has a great rest of the day.